Hi, I'm Norma Kamali, and you're listening to the Norma Life Podcast, where we will be having in-depth conversations about healthy lifestyle, the three pillars, sleep, diet, exercise, and wellness, as well as aging with power, new technology, and of course, fashion and beauty, and so much more. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and if you like, give us a five-star review. Visit me at normakamali.com and normalife.com. And be sure to check back regularly for all the latest. Thank you, and please enjoy the podcast. Dr. Yang is a leading physician, board-certified psychiatrist, foremost integrative medicine expert and fifth generation teacher and practitioner of traditional medicine specializing in clinical acupuncture. A sought after speaker, author and educator, Dr. Yang is known for pioneering a holistic approach to health that focuses on finding the root causes of disease in the physical, biochemical, bioenergetic, and spiritual dimensions of the human body. He is loved by those who know him for his tireless dedication to improving the lives of his patients and the public through practice and education. Dr. Yang's knowledge is the culmination of 30 years of training, teaching, and clinical experience in the fundamentals of traditional Chinese medicine and integrative medicine, coupled with a distinguished formal education at prestigious medical universities in China, Australia, the U.S., and the U.K., Dr. Yang practices his evidence-based cutting-edge medicine as a medical director of the Yang Institute of Integrative Medicine, which serves patients in the Northeast with three locations, including Manhattan. The Institute's impressive range of successful clinical therapies, together with Dr. Yang's dedication to helping his patients achieve their optimal health, has attracted mainstream media attention from the New York Times Magazine, ABC, NBC, Allure, and many others. Please meet someone who's become a dear longtime friend, Dr. Yang. Enjoy. So I'm very happy to invite you to do this podcast with me. If you could introduce yourself, your professional title, and what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Dr. Jing Duan Yang, and uh, I'm a board-certified psychiatrist and also acupuncturist. I have three uh, clinics I have uh, funded, and I'm the president and director of them. One is called the Yang Institute of Integrative Medicine, and the second is Tao Clinic of Acupuncture. And the last one is called the Young TMS Center. TMS is a therapy for resistant depression. So we can avoid some medications or people don't respond to medications. So you and I met how many years ago now? Maybe I would say six, seven years ago, even longer than that, 2012. I think it's longer. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. I searched for you because I wanted to get an acupuncture facelift and I wanted the best doctor to do this. 
I've just asked about acupuncture doctors, and your name kept coming up coincidentally. And so I came to visit you in your South Jersey address, which was two hours away. Yes, I remember that. And I came and I came to your office and you invited me in to speak with you about why I was there. And I said I wanted an acupuncture facelift. And you promptly told me I was not going to get it. (laughs) And that's not what you did. And that what you do was more valuable and had more meaning. And so we talked a little bit. And then I said, well, I do want to know more about what you do in acupuncture. And if I come every week, can you teach me? And you said yes. And I asked you if I could audio tape our sessions. And you were, you said yes. You were very yeah. open to it. And I thought, this guy has to be the real deal. Otherwise, he would be afraid to be taped. And so eventually, you gave me an acupuncture facelift. But I had experienced acupuncture with you and had some lessons and then Eventually, we sort of trace that experience into your book, which is a handbook, really, on acupuncture, and it's called Facing Yeast, and our beautiful faces are on the cover with, that we took as a <laughs> selfie. And it's our book, our not book, my book. Our yes. book. And I just treasure your friendship and everything I've learned from you. You're a great mentor for me, and in a world that I find is seriously important and valuable information for people. You have so much knowledge and have done so much research on acupuncture. I remember coming to Jefferson Hospital where you were treating a man that had Parkinson's with acupuncture and really started to control the direction it was going in and pull back some of the tremors, and you've introduced me to some fascinating work that you're doing, and I'm always in awe and impressed by what you do. I invited you here today because we could talk about a million things, but we've touched on this subject through the years, and you know nothing about what I'm going to ask you because I love spontaneity in these conversations. But I have really decided to take on the topic of aging. One, because everybody says, Norma, you're 74. You can talk about this. You should talk about it. And I kept thinking, well, yeah, actually, I I should. Um, I don't usually talk about my age. But when I say I'm 74 and I met my soulmate when I was 65, people think that that's way, maybe that can happen to me, or what? it opens up this curiosity. But there's a lot of information about aging that I think is really important. So I've been interviewing doctors, some uh, women doctors on hormones and changes in the body through menopause, all kinds of doctors and scientists on aging. But you and I have had some interesting conversations, and that one of them is about a comment I made to you about how many young people I see that have gray hair, much younger than my generation, seems. And you started to talk about the kidneys and how you can sort of manifest the aging process. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Sure. Um, and thank you again. This is a wonderful journey for me. I have to say, I have learned a lot from you because <laughs> I used to think I'm a doctor, I'm a psychiatrist, a neurologist. I would treat very serious illness, disease, rather than focusing on beauty and aging. But actually, since I met you and since you asked so many questions, it really <laughs> bring me to the conclusion that beauty is not superficial. And if you want to look beautiful, it has to go very deep yeah. in many levels. And so that's really opened the door. That's really the reason we end up writing a book together, Facing East. Mm -hmm. And also the aging part is really uh, interesting because from Chinese medicine perspective, aging is basically a process of deteriorating energy or qi, right? And one of the important organs, of course, we have five important organ systems, liver and gallbladder, kidney and bladder, heart and small intestines, lungs and large intestines, of course, spleen and stomach. But the organ, the kidney and bladder, actually become the key for the aging process. But before I go into that, I have to clarify, when I say kidney or bladder, I don't just mean the organ as an anatomic structure or biochemical mm -hmm. entity. It is really kind of energetic powerhouse and an energetic center that has a comprehensive energetic network connected with every pieces of our body, and including the hair, for example. And so that's really the concept we're using whenever you talk to an acupuncture or Chinese medicine doctor, when they mention the kidney, liver, or any organ system, they really mean they are energetic mm -hmm. centers. Let's go back to the kidney, okay? Kidney energy is where we store two sources of energy. One source of energy we call the prenatal energy. Basically, the energy we inherited from our parents when we were conceived. So that energy got us started with life, of course. And that energy pretty much determines how we grow and develop. And the second source of energy is after we were born, now we began to breathe in air. Of course, there's oxygen in it. And then we began to eat food. There's all kinds of food that we need in order to generate energy. So actually, the life starts with all this energy circulating into the body. Mm -hmm. So kidney is really the place where they kind of store this, what do they call the essential energy or primary energy for the body. And then the kidney has a special kind of area of responsibilities, if you will, including nourishing the hair. So therefore, the, how your hair looks has a lot to do with how your kidney is functioning because kidney is where it generates the blood, generates the hormones that nourishing the hair. Of course, in the modern medicine, people say, what does kidney have anything to do with your hair? Actually, the modern medicine also recognized kidney began to produce, for example, a hormone that stipulates the marrow of the spine or the bones to produce the blood. And the blood, the, the hair really is a manifestation of how your blood is doing. So that's how the connection was made. So in order to have beautiful hair, you have to keep protecting your kidney energy and keep replenishing the kidney energy. 
of course, there's a lot of ways and the means, and you can do that.、Mm-hmm. So why would then the color come out of the hair? Because I understand that it's the blood, the energy of the blood, and the quality of the blood. But the color comes out of the hair because the blood isn't strong enough, or is it? The blood and the energy is really provide all the biochemical ingredients that are responsible for the color、okay. of the hair. So when they are become deficient, then you don't have those ingredients anymore. So that's the one hair be- become kind of turning to gray. So that's really results of it. The people may wonder, how do I know I have a stronger kidney、right. or weaker kidney?、Right. And you have to look at a few important signs. That's why you need to pay attention. Number one, how you're doing with your memory concentration. So if you find yourself memory concentration is deteriorating, and then you need to pay attention whether you are losing a kidney energy or your kidney energy began to be very deficient. Because one of the kidney energy in essence is to nourish the marrow of the brain, basically it's the brain itself,、mm-hmm. and also the part of the sensory organs connected with the kidney energy is a hearing. So when you begin to find yourself losing some hearing or have a ringing in the ears, and that's another、mm-hmm. big sign that you might have weak kidney energy, and also the lower back where the big bones. Become sore and weak, and then you need to pay attention. You might have a deficient kidney、mm-hmm. energy, or kidney energy somehow blocked. And another things is your ability to control the bladder. And you know, when people begin to find、right. themselves have to keep looking for you know bathroom, they can't hold bladder as longer they used to, and or they have to get up frequently through the night if they happen to drink some water before going to bed. So that's all signs like telling you, hey, you know, the kidney energy is getting weaker, and you need to do something about it. So it's interesting because, as you're saying that, those are some of the symptoms of aging, but they're also present in younger people too. Yes. And so my question is, obviously. How do you preserve the kidney energy? How do you build the kidney energy? What can be done to sort of maintain the optimal body functioning? Yeah. Well, first of course, if you're lucky, you inherited a very strong kidney energy from your parents. Okay. So therefore, if anybody want to start a family or conceive child, <laughs> they'd better start earlier because、right. the younger you are. The stronger kidney energy you have, and also stay healthy, right? So your child will inherit good kidney energy. So that's one thing. The second thing is for ourselves because we can't choose our parents. We can't choose how we were conceived, how we were born. But after that, I think there are a number of things people really need to do. Is number one, they have to overcome fear. Fear is a powerful emotion. The block the kidney energy flows. Really. So a lot of young people, they're young, they actually do have kidney energy, but because of the fear, not emotion specifically targeting the kidney energetic、mm-hmm. system, blocking the kidney energy flows. So therefore, even they do have kidney energy, 
they're not utilizing that. Almost like there's a fragmented computer space that's not being utilized. And so fear, well, fear comes in a lot of ways. One is you're frightened because there's a bear coming at you, so that's one kind of fear. Then there's the other fear of just your own insecurities, inability to feel like you can achieve something, or fear of the unknown, which is the biggest, most common, I think. So just because of that, you can be blocking kidney energy. Correct. So what do you recommend to sort of redirect that fear into a positive energy? So whatever the cause of the fear, that needs to be investigated, and people can be desensitized, let's say if they had a traumatic experience, right? Right. And that can be desensitized through certain therapies, and particularly the therapies that utilize Chinese medicine, mind-body connections, like mm-hmm. neuroemotional techniques. Mm-hmm. And another reason is people were born with a weak kidney energy, and then they are almost like susceptible to be fearful about anything, mm-hmm. everything. Now you really need to supplement that kidney energy through Chinese herbal remedies and through acupuncture, for example, or through meditation, mm-hmm. uh, other type of energy work. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, of course, if the fear comes from distortion of thoughts, mm-hmm. so you can really need to do the cognitive behavioral therapy and how you change the way you think about mm-hmm. things. Of course, spiritually, we also have a very different understanding about the meaning and the purpose of what's going on. When you have a different perception of that event, so let's say if you think that event is a bad event, and then you're going to be fearful. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's a good event, you're definitely not going to right. have a fear. So kind of adjusting how we evaluate what's going on around us can really change how you perceive it and how you feel mm-hmm. about it. So younger people actually these days have lots of uh, fear-based yeah. anxiety yeah. for the uncertainties. And those emotions, emotions are energy. So emotion is the most powerful energetic attack mm-hmm. to the human body, human health. So definitely affecting the aging mm-hmm. part of it. Um, I have to give you an example. I treated a 40-year-old woman who hadn't had period for 10 years, who had lost sexual drive for 10 years, who had developed osteoporosis, and who had stopped having the period. I, I mentioned that. And also had all gray hair and extremely depressed. And the worst of all, he had to find a bathroom almost every five minutes. Mm. So it took her a long time walking from her apartment to where she worked. And um, we happened to be you know, a colleague. So I, I said, I dragged her, said, let me help you, see if I can help you. Mm-hmm. So I gave her acupuncture treatment and, and I gave her some herbal remedies to take. And um, Probably about three or four weeks later, I received a phone call while I was in the meeting, and, and he, she was screaming on the phone, like hysterically, telling me she had a period. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and the, everything kind of turned around. So that was an example, even though she had all those energies, but somehow the energy being, was blocked. being yeah. blocked because my treatment wouldn't be able to restore that that quick and right. fast. So therefore, for those younger 
people, and that was most likely be yeah, the reason of it. Because of blocking. So yeah. now, as we age, the kidney energy dissipates. So how do we slow that down or reverse it? Sometimes I'm thinking, is this because we age or kidney energy dissipate, or as our kidney energy dissipate, age we age? age yeah. yeah. I rather think it's the results of our aging is the results of our deteriorating kind of kidney energy. So in the way, that's why some people, even they're in the same age, like you know, they're all mm-hmm. the same age, but they don't age the same, yeah. so to speak. So in the way, their kidney energy must have be consumed differently. Yeah. So a few things in addition to the emotional depletion of this consumption of the energy due to the fear. The second is actually is our sexual behavior, because kidney energy is the energy that drive our sexual function, mm. because it is really designed to reproduce. Oh, really? Yeah. So the kidney energy is redesigned. It's designed for reproduce. Therefore, you know, every time we have a for male to have ejaculation and uh, you know to have orgasm for woman or to conceive a child and even for woman to have a period because period is really designed to prepare yeah. woman to get pregnant, right? So if you didn't get pregnant, then you start a cycle again. Right. So every time that happens, it consumes the kidney energies. So therefore, to protect that is important. So how you protect that? Number one, you really need to have a healthy sexual relationship because that's good. Because that's the energy. Energy need to be mobilized, utilized, right? And so it's good to have a healthy sexual relationship. On the other hand, just like anything, everything in life. If you overuse it or abuse it, yeah, then you are going to lose more than you should. Really, because that the same energy when you are、right. not reproduce, the same energy is nourishing your bones, your brain, and、uh, your ability to support the other organs.、Mm-hmm. You know, so therefore the kidney energy is really, really important energy. To to, to protect keep, to keep and so to keep active but not abuse it right. So if this is one of the ways to slow down kidney energy, basically we're telling everybody stay sexy. Yeah. <laughs> so that is understandable without overdoing it. Right. So that the body can reenergize with the kidney、Correct. energy. So you talked about stress and you know the impact of that kind of energy on the body affects the mind, affects behavior, because of the kidney sort of the blocking of the、mm-hmm. kidney energy. If the kidney and the hormones are also aligned, when menopause takes place, what happens? So the one woman hit menopause by chemically is the due to deteriorated the estrogen productions and probably testosterone, progesterone、mm-hmm. as well, but mostly estrogen. estrogen. Yeah. So that's a biochemical manifestation. The energetic manifestation is called the Yin deficiency because that hormone is provide nourishing 
cooling energy for the body. And so therefore, yin is deficient. When yin is deficient, yang is relatively hyperactive. Yang represents the heat energy, the warming energy, the movement energy, and all that. So that's the reason women began to experience hot flashes and have sweat at night. Mm -hmm. Because at night, you need a lot more in consuming a yeah. lot more yin energy. Yeah. So that's one. Yang energy is, is very hyperactive. So that is from the Chinese medicine perspective, what really menopause present. So uh -huh. therefore, treating menopause, in addition to biochemically balance their hormones, and you also need energetically balance the yin and the yang energy. Mm -hmm. And how would you do that? And that was through a two methodology commonly we use. One is the acupuncture, because acupuncture can rebalance the energy. Mm -hmm. And the second is the Chinese herbal remedies, again, serving the same purpose. People very often misunderstood Chinese herbal medicine as a, another supplements or nutrients. Mm -hmm. Actually, the Chinese herbal medicine is energetic medicine. It's mm -hmm. designed to balance the energy. So to me, like when you have a biochemical balance as well as energetic balance, that does the best job mm -hmm. for kind of counteracting that the menopause symptoms actually reverse some of the aging right. process. Yeah. So then after menopause passes mm -hmm. and there is a different level of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, how do you maintain that balance? You continue then acupuncture, herbal medicine, or is there sort of a natural leveling off? So after the initial kind of period of symptoms of menopause symptoms, mm -hmm. and if let's say if there's no treatment, there's no hormone balance, there's no energetic balance, people just went through it, and then eventually they feel kind of they're actually balanced at the lower level yeah. because they both become deficient. Right. Because without a sufficient amount of yin energy, yang energy cannot sustain right. itself. So gradually it's dropped. Right. So they became to be both deficient and at the lower level they're balanced, but they're both deficient. Mm -hmm. Again, they began to show more uh, aging signs, right. right? And they began to develop the problem with the uh, incontinence, problem with osteoporosis, problem with memory, cognitive mm -hmm. functions, and the he ability of hearing and all that stuff. And that's began to be deficient at the lower level. So if you want to really maintain the aging process or slow down the process, you have to continuously to support it and to supplement it, both energetically and biochemically. Mm -hmm. So I call cheating, okay? Because <laughs> you are cheating with, uh, uh, with some uh, methodologies, not how you naturally, naturally yeah. aging. It's anti-aging, but mm -hmm. you can't really anti-aging. We're not going to say anti-aging because aging is life. Correct. You're maintaining optimum health and opportunity yeah. for aging. Yeah. Well, it depends on, you know, sometimes I always say, Recently, I'm, I was doing a Chinese uh, YouTube channel called the Four Dimensional Health. And in that Four Dimensional Health, I was describing we have structural health, we have biochemical health, we have energetic health. 
But all these three healths eventually going to disappear no matter what we do, right? And people live up to 100, 150 maximum, but they still are very mortal life. Now, what are we really here for? What we really should be doing during this time is probably is cultivating the fourth dimensional health is called a spiritual health. It's a real soul and a life inside the body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because that part is immortal life of us. So therefore, we probably should all begin to pay attention to that. Maybe the longer we live, the more opportunity we have to cultivate the mm-hmm. spiritual life. This is very deep, but I believe you're correct. I believe good spiritual health really provides the opportunity to live longer. I think you have to have that spiritual energy. So back to how to have a healthy kidney. Is there any exercise or diet or anything that can affect that? Or Yes. What what do you recommend? Well, first of all, I really want to say something to women, particularly when they're in the childbearing age. Because this is a culture that we don't have in the West, is how you take care of yourself after giving a birth to a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that is a time where the body went through dr- drastic change hormonally, but also energetically. There's a huge loss of energy, mm-hmm. you know, the kidney energy and, and the blood and all that. So traditional Chinese medicine always wanted to take that opportunity to replenish the mother of that time. Mm-hmm. So including you know, not protecting them from being exposed to the external extreme weather or any heavy physical activities and nurturing them with you know, healthy food, chicken soups, ginseng, and the dongui and some herbal remedies to supplement the lost energy and mm-hmm. essence in the blood. And primarily, they need to be taken care of carefully for an entire month. Oh, really? Before they can really get back to the normal activities. Mm-hmm. And I found that was not the case here. People kind of didn't treat that very seriously. Yeah, no. And uh, so I just want to point out, I don't have a study to show what a difference it might make. But the common sense tells me a lot of problems women develop later in life, you know, particularly age-related symptoms, have a lot to do with not being well taken care of during that period of time. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all recognize, you know, um, postpartum depression, for example, right? So people develop all kinds of arthritis or autoimmune disease simply because their energy being compromised mm-hmm. during that period of time. Another thing is for male, of course, the younger population when they're, you know, to me, the sex is not more the better. Okay, it's, it's not something you don't use it, you're going to lose it. I think this is there is always going to be there and use it properly, wisely, <laughs> you know. And don't abuse it because I have a PhD student couldn't finish his thesis. And because he couldn't really sit down and sit still, concentrate the right thing or think straight. And of course, there are many other reasons. But one of the behavioral things is that he masturbates twice a day 
while watching porno. So oh, I thought God. that was a little extreme, right? So that, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not against people having good sex life or, or have a pleasure. But, but he's depleting his but it's too much. kidney energy. Yes, it's too much because that energy is the brain needs to concentrate, to memorize, right. to analyze, right? And there's a kidney energy, also the energy for motivation and the willpower. Really? Yeah. So you know, there's form of depression is called a kidney depression. Oh, really? That, that means the person has no motivation to do anything. Wow. So not all depression are the same. Some people depressed because they're very sad. Some people depressed because they're very worried. Some people depressed because they're very angry. Some people depressed they couldn't have a joy. And some people mm. depressed because they don't have a motivation to do anything. So there's all kinds of depression based on which energetic system and the centers are affected. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that was the extreme example, but that was a, was a good example how it can yeah. really affect you. And of course, I have had patients who have compulsive sexual behaviors and lost job, lost wife, and you know everything. And you know yeah. when I was talking to about this, he said. No way, Dr. Yang, you know, this is the only thing now I can enjoy, and you want to take that away from me? <laughs> I don't know what to say. If you want the other parts of your life coming back to normal, you probably have to balance it out, right? So, but for people who want to sort of maintain kidney energy, sex on the norm yeah. of any age is better. Mm -hmm. to keep the kidney energy sort of yeah. cooking. Talking about what else you could do, and first of all, let's talk about color. Because you're a designer, and I walk through your winter collections. They're all black-colored, most of them. No, they're not. There's dark green and yeah. burgundy. Okay. Well, I saw silver. some of them. Yeah. Okay. I would have said 60% were black. <sighs> silver? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. But I want to tell you, you actually pick the right color for the, for the winter, winter because the winter is the season where the kidney need in support protection. and the protection. So the winter time is the time to slow down and taking care of your kidney, okay? And the, the color is the energy, if you think about it. Yeah. So color is energy. The black color actually is the energy that nurture and support the kidney. So I don't blame you if you use more black color during this season than any other colors. Because people, I do notice people naturally do that without mm -hmm. being aware of Darker, why. Yeah. You know, when people attend the very formal big events, they like to dress black. Mm -hmm. Because that helps them overcome the fear and give them a little willpower, make give a stress. So really protect them. Very interesting. Yeah, from feeling kind of being intimidated right, right. by the environment, you know, by the larger crowd. Right. Um, so color is important. And also the, not only the dress, you know, dress black may help you, but also the food. All this black colored food we know, by chemically we only sell because they have a, a lot of antioxidants, right? Mm -hmm. But all these black beans, you know, um, blackberries and seaweeds mm -hmm. and all that. They actually have a very good energy for the kidney. Mm -hmm. So the black color of the food is very good for that. And of course, a good night's sleep is very important. 
because kidney energy has to be supported by the energy from the food and mm-hmm. from breathing. So if you don't have a good lung, that you can breathe in air. You don't get if the, you don't yeah. don't have a good digestive system, bring the nutrients that mm-hmm. can translate into the energy. And the particular one thing, which is the liver and the gallbladder, I found lots of people trying to stay up late. You know, they sleep late. And they think as long as they get eight hours sleep, they're fine. That's not true. There's a four-hour sleep from 11 to 3, which is the time the entire energy and the blood circulation focusing in the liver and the gallbladder. That's the time is the most important time for sleep. Why liver gallbladder is so important? Because liver shares the energy of your kidney. So if your liver is not replenished, enlarged, it kind of steals mm-hmm. your energy from your kidney. Oh, really? And on top of that, the liver gallbladder is like the major, the commander chief or general in the army fighting a war for you during the day. So if you don't let them rest and mm-hmm. restore that time, no matter how many hours you sleep afterwards, you're not going to make it up. Mm. So that's another very important thing if you want to protect your kidney. So acupuncture is, how would you describe it? It's, a, it's not a medicine. It's not a therapy. And it's sort of um, a tool. But how would you describe what it's meant to do, yeah. like what its purpose is. Well, let's forget about the acupuncture for a moment. Okay. Let's just look at the human body, how we understand it. The human body, actually the living human being is like moving cars on the street. It has four components. You have to have a body, right? The, the bones, the skin, the muscles, all the structural part of it. Now you have to have the biochemistry. You know, the water, the electrolytes, minerals, vitamins, hormones, amino acids, fatty acids, enzymes, all that, right? Just like a car has to have a body and then they have to have a fluid, gas, and all that. But a car is not going to run until it has the engine, batteries, the electronic system. Mm-hmm. Actually, a human being is the same. We have to have an energetic system that is up running. That's why our life started with the first breath and ended with the last breath. Mm-hmm. And between, we have to breathe constantly and eat periodically, right? That's all to maintain the right. energetic problem, the part of the body. The problem between the car's electronic system and the human energetic system is that car's electronic system is so tangible, visible, so you can fix it, so to speak. But a human energetic system is as invisible as a human energy, like air right. is invisible, but it exists. So actually, inside a human body, there is a comprehensive, invisible energetic systems that are running our life, in addition to the structure and the chemistry. And the modern medicine, of course, is based on anatomy. They don't see if they don't see it, they don't know what to do with it. But the modern medicine does measure people's energy. For example, they measure your body temperature. Mm-hmm. They measure the motility of your digestive system. They measure your electronic activity of your heart and your brain and your nerve system, right? right. But they don't understand how the entire energetic system of human beings is like. 
That's the specialty of ancient Chinese medicine. And ancient Chinese medicine, whoever created it, I don't know, seemed to have had ability mm-hmm. to visualize it and map it out and just left to us. So in that description of body has an entire energetic network from skin levels to skeletal muscular levels to internal organs. And between the space between organs, in places there's no blood vessels, no nerves, but there are energetic channels. So they're mapped out. And this energetic system, of course, is an open system. It's open communicating with the energy from the environment. Mm-hmm. So on the surface of the body, there are little areas that are serving as a door and the windows <laughs> that communicate between the energy of the body and the energy of the environment. Mm-hmm. That we call them acupuncture points. Oh. So the, what it means is that if you stimulate that point, either with needles, with your finger, or with anything, it can regulate the energetic system internally through that energetic channels. In other words, the acupuncturist is someone who uses needles to stimulate that. So they can put the needles in your hands or in your, on your back or on your feet to affect internal organs that they don't have to open you up, mm-hmm. right? So that's how really acupuncture works. So if I have to use an analogy, the acupuncturist is like electronic engineer to a car as to a human body. So if that helps. But the acupuncture wouldn't work well if that person does not understand the entire energetic anatomy, physiology, and pathophysiology. Mm -hmm. So that requires a lot of training. And it's not just someone putting needles on somebody is called acupuncture. You can call the dry needling, for example, and you can call it a trick point stimulation, or you even you can pull acupuncture because it does punctuate your skin mm-hmm. with a needle, but it is not a acupuncture treatment. Right. So that's what acupuncture yeah. is. Yeah. So my experience with acupuncture through you has been so helpful and positive. I know that I've never really had a terrible time with sleep. Sometimes I'll have a restless night, but it's not the norm. But from doing acupuncture and doing acupuncture facelifts, and we can talk about that, but I find the sleep that I have when you put, by the time the last needle goes into my skin, and I hate needles, and I don't think of these as needles. It should almost have a different name. But when the last one goes in, it's as if I'm under anesthesia, and it just closes me, and I'm literally in this very euphoric, wonderful state of peace. It's like the ultimate meditation. So what acupuncture really does, once it's do, done properly, it's really a created the energetic circuits. You know, just like electricity, you have negative and a positive, mm-hmm. right? Then you create a circuit. The body have a young energy channels and the yin energy channels. And when you put the needles, 
strategically, it generates an entire energetic movement.、Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you're almost like living a different dimension and have a different sense of、mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And that's when you feel like floating. You feel like you're in another time zone.、Mm-hmm. And of course, the by chemically、uh, or by medically, we understand that acupuncture really activating people's parasympathetic system. And that's the parasympathetic system is the system. That help body relax itself、mm-hmm. and restore and rejuvenate itself because we are constantly on the run and in the fight or flight yeah, mode yeah. due to the the stress and the stimulation in our environment every day all the time. So therefore, we are lacking that status.、Mm-hmm. When that happens, that's very powerful, almost like a powered meditation, so yeah. to speak, yeah. or forced meditation because. If you're trying to meditate yourself, you have to really control your mind and your breathing, right? right? But this is making it much easier to、mm-hmm. do that. So obviously, this is a restorative method for the kidneys too. I would think that that would help kind of keep the kidneys in good condition. But acupuncture also. And I've learned from you. It's really a system or a tool for other things. I mean, there was a, a girl who worked for me for quite some time, who is now on her third baby, and she, her baby had turned in the wrong direction, reached the position, and you did acupuncture on her, and she recounts lying in bed with her husband. And they're watching TV or something, and she was not due for another month. And they watch the baby literally turn around in her stomach. And when she said that she had that issue, you said, "Oh, I can fix that," and you did. And then people who have had emotional problems—I mean, serious issues with. Either addictions or issues that had to do with some sort of dependency, whether it's smoking or whatever, really were helped a lot by the support of acupuncture. So I think it's, and it also has sort of a a, a feeling of well-being that acupuncture provides. And so when my came to see you for an acupuncture facelift. I was going to be fine and have good well-being if you just gave me an acupuncture facelift. But the real takeaway that I learned was that the overall well-being, that feeling of the balance and the sort of the synergy of what was happening, supported what you were doing with my face, and that they really aren't separate, and that. That it is the total energy, which leads back to total health. Total、Correct. healthy body means healthy mind, which means the aging process manifests itself in a different、Correct. way. So it really is a holistic opportunity. Acupuncture、it、really does have to do with everything. So if not everybody has a great acupuncture doctor or someone who has. Is not only an acupuncture Chinese doctor, but also is expert in psychiatry, neurology, and all of the the Western concept. 
It's very hard to find somebody like you in every city and everywhere. What do you recommend for somebody who wants to get the best from acupuncture? What are the things to ask for? What what should the expectation yeah. be? Yeah, unfortunately, the acupuncture education is varies with the quality. And when I was I was teaching the doctoral program a couple of weeks ago, and I always like to test them. I pointing on the chart on the wall, and you know that acupuncture chart has all those. Right. Um, complicated lines and all that. I ask them, say, what does this line represent? I ask them specifically individually, so everybody has to give mm-hmm. me an answer. They all say, oh, it is a meridian, it's an energy channel, and blah, blah, blah. So I haven't met anyone I have tested give me the right answer. The right answer is, I told them, this is simply artificial line collecting the area of acupuncture points it has nothing to do with energy channels or meridians because the real energy channel meridians on the skin level is an area. Then deep, deep is far more comprehensive, complicated than that simple line. Mm-hmm. That simple line simply is artificial line. Right. But it shows that the education today is missing a big foundation. If you don't understand that energetic anatomy, mm. you probably don't know what you're really doing. Mm. Are you stimulating the skin or muscle or the nerve or bones? And there are acupuncture actually teach people about how you stimulate the nerve or how you stimulate the bones. That's not acupuncture. Acupuncture is treating the energy. Mm-hmm. So you, they have to understand that. So first and foremost... You have to find acupuncturists who truly understand the energetic anatomy, physiology, does really good energetic intake. They'll ask you a question about, are you sensitive to cold or heat, right? Mm -hmm. Do you sweat at night or you sweat during the day? Do you feel tired, fatigued? You know, what is your appetite? What taste your food you're craving? And all this energetic functioning, are you able to control your bladder? Sometimes, seemingly, they, are, they go through the system, but they are asking specific energetic abnormalities that must take your pause. I was going to Because say, your pause yeah. really gave you the information about the energy. I'll give you an example. Um, there was acupuncture students graduating and need a credit by seeing and being treated himself, herself. So she came to me and basically like, oh, I'm healthy. I have nothing, no problem, no problem. Just give me treatment so I can't get my credit. I can graduate. So I can't give anybody treatment without knowing what I'm going to do. So I took her pause because she wasn't giving me any information. The liver pulse was so tense, you know, so tense. And I asked, are you having trouble, stress anywhere? Are you any problem with the job, relation, nothing. Everything's fine. So I can't accept that. I have to ask, I said, were you abused as a child? And that hit the button. She burst into tears and couldn't help telling me all the stories. And that's the repressed anger, resentment mm-hmm. that affect the kidney energy. 
And actually, it turned out he, she had a lot more problems, migraines, you know, pain, fibromyalgia, all that stuff. So anyway, the pulse really gave you... Yeah, very so when you say pulse, yeah. when you do the pulse, you're doing all the organs. Yes. So explain that a little bit. So on each side, there were three pulses, three superficial ones, three deep ones. And we actually described it very well with a diagram in our book facing east. Mm -hmm. And the right side, we have another six. So how do you know the deep level? You press your uh, three fingers really hard until you don't feel anything. Then you release slightly, and then you feel each pulses. On the left side, the deep three pulses are heart and the liver and kidney, left kidney. On the right side, you have lungs, spleen, and the right kidney. And on the superficial level are their partners. And, you know, and superficial level is like you touch it very lightly and you slightly press and stop at time you feel the pulse. That's three superficial mm -hmm. pulses. And on the left side, the first is the heart, a small intestine, part of the heart. And next is the gallbladder, part of the liver. And then you have urinary bladder, which is a part of the left kidney. Mm. On the right side, the first superficial level is a larger intestine, the part of the lungs. And the middle one is the stomach, the part of the spleen. And the last one is called the triple burner, which is basically the three cavities mm -hmm. of our body's hollow system and with the right kidneys. So when you have these six pulses, each one tells you how that internal yeah. organ doing energetically. Of course, it takes time to... But mm -hmm. once you began to feel it, you began to be able to tell the differences and changes. And another thing is very importantly, because people cannot really validate what Chinese medicine say, the mind-body connections, right. you know, liver for the anger, heart for the joy, lung mm -hmm. for the sadness. You really can't really validate that. Mm -hmm. But if you combine pulse and the muscle testing, you can. Because when you ask people, think about or feel about the sadness, people muscle go weak. But once you block their non-pulses, the muscle stays strong. Mm -hmm. You can't do that with any other pulses. <laughs> so yeah. that means when you press the lung pulses, it's blocked the emotional reaction, the physical reaction. So that's really making it a very powerful tool to identify what emotional stress mm. that creating our physical, behavioral, and emotional problem. So if just an ordinary person wanted to try self-acupuncture to calm them down, or is there some pressure point or something that people can do to sort of calm themselves yeah. take stress down a bit, what would you recommend? I think the simplest way of doing that is, first of all, is really begin to control the mind. And by control the mind, I means you really need to bring your mind to the present. Because when you think about past, you can't control nothing, and you feel depressed. Right. When you keep thinking about future, you control nothing, right. and you're anxious, okay? So anything and everything that helps you to bring your mind to the to here now. and now, yeah. it helps. So that's easy said than done. Right. But if you can't, for example, some people trying to counting their breath, so they begin to focus. Mm -hmm. 
some people trying to scan their body and began trying to focus. Right. So anything, everything they can do that is good. The second the things they can do is what I call the using the press the the pause, because each organs corresponding with certain emotions. Right. Because when people feel stressed, they're really mixture of all kinds of emotions. It could be. Fear, worry,、right. you know, anger and、uh, sadness, all that even mixed. So if you press that and cover your forehead,、mm-hmm. which is or front lobe, you know, the emotional center or place where regulate emotions, and create this energetic circuits, and take a good deep breath. So this is right hand over left. Yeah. Then left cov- hand、yeah. on the forehead. Right. And so I'm just doing these three fingers. Yeah, yes. And doing this. Right. Then connect with things that bothers you, worries you, angers you. You know, scare you, and take a deep breath. As you breathe, those emotion energy began to be literally kind of breathed out、mm-hmm. or moved out, or they would not leave energetic blockage as they normally would.、Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is a very good simple technique. And how technique. long do you do that for? Or you can do the two minutes, and you can do it multiple times. Just don't overventilate.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then you'll feel lightheaded, right? right? And you can do left side or the right and the right side. Oh, you can. Yeah, both sides. I would agree、okay. because you don't know what emotion. But if you go back to our book, the Facing East book, there's a description of what emotion specifically corresponding. With what pause? Right. So if you choose that single pause, let's say the anger would be with the liver, and that breathing is much more efficient、mm-hmm. and effective. But if you don't know, you just grab them all. Right. Sometimes it's more than one emotion. Right. So、mm-hmm. anyway, so that's the simple way of doing that. Of course, if it's a chronic, if developed like PTSD, people have a phobia. Right. And they really need to come to the office. And to be tested and desensitized, you know, by a trained professionals.、Mm-hmm. Otherwise, for themselves, that's really very useful way of doing that. So, for aging tips, three tips to age with power. From your perspective, what would you recommend? Well, I would say first, do anything, everything that can help you get rid of fear. Even about the fear of aging, <laughs> fear of death, fear of anything, everything—that's what I would call the number one. And so, one suggestion of how to get rid of fear. Yes. No matter what you could do, what your belief system are, what your therapy methodology is, whatever you can do, let go the fear. Yes, but that's a hard one. So, how do you do that? It is a hard one. That's why it takes, you know. Text Freud and text Bavlov and text Yellow Emperor, you know. Is there anything of... to read or anything? Okay, I don't know how other people do, but I, you know, you know, I practice Falun Dafa,、mm-hmm. which is a life cultivation system. That system, you know, if you say surging is a medicine for structure, and nutrition is a medicine for chemistry, acupuncture is a medicine for energy. Life cultivation is a medicine for spirit, spirit. so to、mm-hmm. speak.、Mm-hmm. So I practice that. In that teaching, what helps me is 
I began to understand everything I do, everything I encounter, every choices I make in response will help me to enrich my spiritual life, my future life. So therefore, I have to, for me, there's no more death or life, so to speak. It's the spirit that forever. Yes, so nothing fear me now. Right. And because I know when I'm here, I have a high meaning and a purpose to taking care of my immortal right. life. You know, while I'm gone, I'm not gone. I'm only living right. in, a, in, in, in a new, yeah, yeah. So, so to speak. That's great. And so, then number two out of the three tips. Number two, I would really say is good sleep. So if people can manage their sleep, sometimes I tell people, you don't really have to sleep. People say, I can't lie down, I can't sleep. If you can just lie down and rest, you know, lie horizontal, let the energy blood go back to your mm-hmm. internal organs a little easier. Because you're standing up, the body has to play against the law of gravity. Right. It's, so working. It's, it's working. It's working. And when you lie down, so don't count sheep. Don't try to get to sleep. Right. Just lie down, relax. If you happen to sleep, that's great. Yeah. If you don't, just relax. Right. That's fine too. Yeah. So I think that's very important to have a good night's sleep, particularly protecting the hours from 11 to 3 mm-hmm. in the morning. Okay, that's a very important part. Okay. And the third part, I think, has to come from food. You know, there's lots of food. That's a good food. You know, the whole foods and the... As I mentioned, the black color of food, the white color of food, and green leafy food. The reason I mentioned these three is from the five elements perspective. The white generates the black. The lung energy supported the kidney energy. And the kidney energy, the black, is generating the spring energy, the liver energy, with the green. Mm-hmm. So we call the lung, if we take the kidney as the, as the individual, the lung is the mother of the kidney, and the liver is the son of the kidney. Mm-hmm. So if you support a son, support a mother, support a kidney, and you support all. Yeah. So that's really the reason we want people to eat a variety right. kind of food, you know, called Rambo food, but because if you want to support the lung, then you have to support have the yellow color, and it was yellow colored food. And if you support yellow-colored food, you have to have red-colored food. Mm-hmm. And if you support red-colored food, you have green color. So all these different color yeah. food, so that's very important. And certain seafood like uh, oyster, you know, like uh, I don't know, people eat the sea cucumber here. And they're very powerful mm-hmm. in terms of supplement kidney energy. Yeah. And there's herbal medicine too, like uh, some form of a ginseng. But you have to use the ginseng that is really not too stimulating. Mm-hmm. You want to the ginseng that also have a nourishing part mm-hmm. uh, of that. There's a number of Chinese herbal ingredients and herbal formulas right. are designed to support kidney. And I remember once you said, oh, someone developed the, a formula for hair to keep hair black. Right. And, but you have to take it for long, long time. I so I said, if that's the case, I have one already. <laughs> you know, you just have to take it when you start age 30. Right, exactly. And if you keep taking it, because those are the herbs really support the kidney energy, yeah. to, be, to be honest. So that really helps. And then I'm adding a fourth one because 
it's really about exercise and movement, which is critically important also. Yes, absolutely. The, because energy, um, blood circulation, energy circulation uh, re- depends on the physical activities. Right. And not only the physical activities, but also energetic activities, we call the Qigong exercise. Right. And actually, the, the, the same reason I love Falun Dafa because it's not just a spiritual practice, it also has a five-systematic, mm-hmm. complete, energetic work, including meditation. Very mm-hmm. easy to learn, very powerful. And that's what I do every morning and to help myself, energy. But if I have to add one more thing, maybe a nutritional supplementation. Mm. Because while we emphasize energy, we have to understand in today's environment, in today's food, right. the nutrients are missing. Yeah. And a lot of people genetically could not absorb or utilize certain nutrients. Yeah. So I think nutrition, supplementation, but it has to be individually designed mm. and through some blood work, urine tests. Yeah. And I would add that. So we now we have five. Yeah. Let's make yeah. it a five. No, it's, it's great because I think all of that information coming from your perspective is super helpful. From It's a different perspective than the normal conversation. And they're simple, right? Like yeah. just lie down. We have meditation here every day at 12.30. 12.30 to 1, we close the building. And people can come every day, once a week, whatever. But I require everybody to come once a week. And I don't force people to meditate if they don't want to. But I do say, I will pay you to do nothing for a half hour. You can lie down and just do nothing. And some people snore. And that's okay. But I don't think there's an appreciation for the amount of restoring and positive sort of work they're doing by just doing nothing. And there are a few people who still fight me about doing nothing. And I'll (laughs) say, no, you don't understand. You're required to do nothing at least once a week for a half hour. And it's like they want to resist and resist. But the truth is, I think doing that repeatedly for a period of time will have an effect, this subliminal effect on how that actually feels good for the body and that they will do it voluntarily. Of course, the people who resist the most are the ones that need it the most, but that's life, right? That's what we do. We resist what we need. If I have a chance to speak with them, I might be able to convince them. Number one, when you do nothing, you're emotionally relaxed. When you're emotionally relaxed, your energy began to move smoothly. Mm. So in Chinese, we call the xin ping qi, but when your heart is peaceful, your qi is in harmony. Mm. So that's what it is. Number two, when you think about nothing, doing nothing, you immediately turn down the tone of your sympathetic nervous system activities because that's the fight-flight mm-hmm. mode. And when you do that, and your body began to detox and began to restore itself, even half hour yeah. makes huge half difference. Half hour is a big difference. But yeah. the interesting thing, there are people who are not meditating people, and when they lie down or they sit, 
they're so anxious and fidgety because sitting still is creating chaos for them. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that it takes some time for a lot of people to allow themselves to do nothing. And we're so used to having this nervous energy that replaces focus and replaces sort of a purpose that this sort of chaos is the chaos that keeps people in the fog and keeps people sort of confused. But uh, it's, a, yeah. it's so important that people appreciate that period of time yeah. is critical. It also changed the brain activities. Even one minute's meditation can change the brain activities. I told you that I was measured myself by Dr. Asif, and then he asked me to meditate for one minute. I did. And then he observed a drastic change in my brain activities. Mm -hmm. So it's really beneficial. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you are even offering that. I think every employer should offer that. I do that. too. I think we should have, just like the call to prayer in mm -hmm. the Middle East, yeah. where everybody stops, yeah. they close their stalls, they close their stores, they all go to pray, mm -hmm. they pray, and then they come back. I think we need a call to meditate right. once a day, mm -hmm. that's it. And that everybody can take the time to stop for a minute and become human right. and just wash away all that stuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is a pleasure. A pleasure. Um, that was so helpful. Just Thank you. It was very good. Thank yeah. you.